RNZ National. Uh, Thursday afternoon means time for Mary Holmes. She's in every couple of weeks uh, talking about personal finance, all aspects of personal finance, and she joins me now. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. And uh, we're talking KiwiSaver today, being probably the biggest investment a lot of New Zealanders will have if you don't count their family home, I suppose. And um, yeah. people, I mean, the questions never stop, do they? <laughs> you get emails <laughs> via me with people saying, hey, this is my situation. Um, you know, I've got X amount of money. I'm doing Y in a couple of years. What sort of KiwiSaver account should I have? And I guess when the markets are volatile, you get even more questions because people think, oh, gee, am I, am I doing the right thing or not? Yes, a lot of that goes on. And the, the, we're talking today about KiwiSaver funds, but actually also non-KiwiSaver funds, you know, the other similar funds that are out of KiwiSaver mm. people in retirement in particular get into. But well, And other younger people who want have access to the money. So. Yeah, so, but, so any sort yeah. of, of those kind of fund investments and, and, and with a particular yeah. lens today looking at age, um, you know, what age you should be doing what if, if, if such rules yeah. exist. Yeah, and it's actually, I mean, so many people say, oh, I'm this age, what should I do? And it's not really about people's age. It's it's really about two questions. One is when, how long it will be before they plan to spend the money, and the other is how much risk they can tolerate. But there was, a, there was one interesting email that came in from a woman called Philippa that yeah. maybe you can read that's relevant to this. So she says, Mary, my childhood friends and I are the very last baby boomers. We have inherited large sums as our deceased parents' estates are wound up and we are six to eight years away from 65. Sounding pretty good so far, apart from the deceased yeah. parents, but you know what I mean. If we invest in a managed fund to mature at this 65-year milestone, we are smack in between short-term and medium-term investment periods. And I think that probably suggests that she's been a reader of, of you, Mary, um, talking about you know those sort of the, the three- to five-year window, the 10- to 15-year window. So she feels like she's in between those two. So which way do we jump? especially if a global recession is predicted during this particular period. We want to clear the mortgage by 65, but not yet. Is buying a smaller second home as an investment rental to manage, do up over time, maybe even move into ourselves, a realistic investment option for our group? Thank you, Mary, for any advice. There's a lot in there, isn't there? Yes, there is. <laughs> Probably too much to tackle here. But it struck me when I was reading that email that that Philippa's sort of concentrating on her age and saying in six to eight years she and her friends will be turning 65. So she's kind of zeroing everything into what happens at 65. And it's not really about what age you turn mm. 65. You don't want to suddenly have all your money available to spend at 65. Well, well probably not, unless you want to blow the lot and, and then live on New Zealand super from then on, but most people don't want to do that. So, um, um, j Just a brief comment on, first of all, on her last idea, which is buying a um, rental property. Yeah. Um, and I, at, the, at her stage of life, so she's sort of late 50s, mid to late 50s, look at they're fine, but not if you're planning to sell it again within 10 years because goodness knows what's going to happen to property prices between now and then. It's, I was just reading something this morning. They're expected to continue to fall for a while yet. Mm. And, you know, we just don't know. Um, 
And I, I think rental properties don't work so well in retirement generally because you're not able to spend the money that's tied up in the house. You can, if, if, if you've paid your mortgage off, you can spend the rent. But um, you've got a lot of money tied up in, in the rental property and, and in most cases also in your own home. And so in retirement, I sort of think for many people it's a good idea to, to sell the rental property and put the money in share funds or similar so that you can spend it. Um, but Something a bit more liquid because you can't really take yes. $1,000 out of a house, can you, or $5,000 out of a house no. unless you do something no, tricky. You can with a reverse mortgage, of course, which yeah. we've gone into before and we'll go into another day. But but in general, I don't. I, I think unless you're really quite wealthy and you don't need the money, in which case it's fine to be in rental property. But for many people, rental property and retirement's not great because you can't spend the money. But but more to the point with Philippa's email, um, she's she's looking at sort of aiming in on what's going to happen at 65, and I don't think that's the way to do it. What I do think people in general should do is if they're under about 55 and they're not saving for a first home, it's really a good idea for them to go into the highest risk KiwiSaver or other fund. And when we say risk here, we're not talking about the risk of losing money. That's a bit of a common misunderstanding, I Mm. think. The higher risk funds, you're not going to lose your money, but it's going to be volatile. It's going to go down. For, you know, quite often, as it, as people have seen recently, but you know, I would I really recommend people who are under fifty five ish not saving for a first home, get into the highest risk KiwiSaver fund they can um, to get because really it, over the years it makes a big difference to how much money you've got. Um, if you're fifty five or older, or more accurately, we should say if you're ten years off retirement, because if you're not planning to retire until 70, well, then maybe it's from 60 onwards. Or if you're saving for a first home, then you want to start doing something a little bit more complicated. So for money that you're planning to spend um, within the next three years, really, go for low risk. Um, And then money you're planning to spend in the next three to 10 years, go for medium risk. And if it's 10 years or more, Go and go up into a higher risk, um, and which will be volatile. Try to cope when the markets go down, because that the going into the higher risk funds gives you higher long-term returns. It gives you protection against inflation, which has suddenly become more relevant mm. in New Zealand. The, the middle and lower risk funds quite often are going backwards when you take inflation into account. So. So, you know, I urge people to be a bit brave about that. But um, I had a few suggestions. And when I say low risk, medium risk and high risk, there's a couple of sort of key points to make about that. Yeah, and this is such an interesting one. Um, it's It's a question that's coming up more often, right? Like, why would I put it in a low risk KiwiSaver fund when term deposits are, are suddenly starting to pay pretty well and there's almost zero risk with them. I know exactly what I'm going to get and I know when I'm going to be able to get it back. Absolutely. And 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 there's no right answer really about whether term deposits or or a cash fund, which is a low risk KiwiSaver fund or non KiwiSaver fund, which is better. The the um 
and when we're talking about cash funds, I'm talking about the ones that are almost all cash, rather than be aware that the, some of the low-risk KiwiSaver funds, funds actually hold quite a lot of bonds. And as we've seen in the last couple of years, the value of bonds can go down when interest rates rise. So, you know, they're more volatile. If you want to... Re, if you want if you look talking about money you're going to spend within the next three years, you really want to get into a, a fund that's all cash. Um, you can you can tell whether it is or not by looking at um, Smart Investor Tool on the sorted website. That will tell you whether the under it's got a mix section which tells you what investments are in that fund, and you want to find one that's in cash rather than in bonds for this, this short-term money. Mm-hmm. But, so when we're comparing term deposits and cash funds, um, one of the clear advantages is you can get the money out of a cash fund whenever you want to. It might take a couple of days, but whereas with a term deposit, you've got it tied up for months or sometimes years. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about reinvesting it. It just sort of sits there. You know, with term deposits, they're maturing, and you're thinking, oh, gosh, do I go for a long-term one or a short-term one? Or possibly later, the term deposits, which once again you and I have talked about before, and well, again, that that's basically when you, you set it up so that you've got some term deposits maturing this year and some next year and some the year after, etc. It might depend. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt. It might depend, Mary, on whether you know the exact date you're going to need your funds. Say it is in three years' yes. time when you maybe when you, your job is finishing or whatever, or or you just think there's a chance that you might need it in a year or two, uh, in which case that cash fund where you can take money in and out quite easily would be possibly better than a, than a, one of the yeah, longer-term deposits. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and you might, you might know you're going to replace the roof a year from now or go on a trip yeah. or, or, or whatever. Yes, and so then the term deposit can work rather well. And at the moment, if you look at term deposit returns, they're way higher than cash fund returns. Um, and, and you can find the cash fund returns again on the smart investor tool. Um, but that's because of, I was talking to an expert about it the other day, and he pointed out that cash fund returns are showing you how the cash fund has done in the last year, and term deposits are actually showing you returns that you're going to make in the future. And you know what? You, if you buy a term deposit now, it's how much money you're going to make over the next six months or year or whatever. And because interest rates have risen, term deposits at the moment are always going to look better than cash funds which are looking backwards, if you see what I mean. Um, Cash fund returns we would expect will rise over the next year or two because they, in turn, invest in a lot of term deposits and similar, similar investments, and they've got higher interest rates now than they had a year ago. Does that make sense? Yeah, what you will have got for your cash um, fund will reflect what's happened in the last couple of years. What you will get in a term deposit will reflect what the situation is now. And what you'll get in a cash fund that you invest in right now will reflect what happens in the next two years. That's right. So it's sort of yeah. So one's looking back, and one's looking forward. One other point about it is that cash fund returns that you see on on smart investor etc. are after tax. So note that because when you're looking at a term deposit return, that's before tax, and, and that can make a big difference, of course. So, so it's slightly look. So the conclusion really is that either of them is fine, and you know one might work out to be better 
in some periods and the other in other periods. So to some extent it just comes down to whether you want the money readily accessible or not. I just so, um, had yeah. a look on interest.co.nz to get the latest term deposit um, rates and, I, and I'm just reading a very interesting article. Did you come across this? That the ANZ Group CEO has been criticised for saying, quote, ANZ doesn't have to offer the best deposit rates, so it doesn't. Um, talking oh, about really? their, yeah, their term deposit rates that they didn't really have to be competitive because they were, you know, one of the one of the bigger places. I guess I just mentioned that to encourage oh, yeah. people to, uh, and I think it looks like they've fixed that and and retracted the comments slightly. But um, <laughs> it, it would be worth looking outside your own bank for the best term yeah. deposit. And I don't know, is interest dot uh, co the best place to look at the um the, the different rates being offered? Yeah. They're a really good website for for that. They seem to have all the rates on there of the different periods and all of that. And yeah, they and just be wary that on the, on there you get the banks and then you'll also get finance companies and and so on, which offer higher interest, but they are riskier. So okay. for me, I would stick with banks, but no reason to necessarily stick with your own bank. You know, just go with one of the. One of the New Zealand banks. Yeah. Be fine. Great. Yeah. Um, um, so medium risk um, options. Yes, medium risk. It's actually best to go with a bond fund, a fund that invests fully or largely in bonds, rather than in a balanced fund, which they sort of got a similar risk profile because a balanced fund will have some shares, some bonds, and then some cash, lower risk investments, and the sort of averages out in the middle level there. But they aren't as good. They're fine if you're saving, um, in, you know, you're a younger person and saving money, but you're not taking money out of out of the, the the investment to spend. But if you're in retirement, the trouble with a balanced fund is quite often they're about half shares, and when the markets go down and you're taking money out of it, you're actually selling shares at a low price. So it's not a great idea. It's really better to use a fund that invests fully or largely in bonds. And the way to find that out, well, first of all, ask your own provider. Um, some of them offer them and some of them don't. Um, or you can go onto Smart Investor and look at, look at the lowest risk defensive funds on Smart Investor and look for the word bond or the words, words fixed interest in the name of the fund, and then you can check, click on the mix once again and check that that's what you're going into. So it's a really good idea for these media... The, even though it says defensive on smart investors, that's a bit of a flaw, actually. Oh. They're the, the middle risk, really. The people that put smart investor together just sort of said, all the funds that don't have any shares or property in them will classify as low risk. And so you've got bond funds in there, and they're actually more like medium risk. The bonds, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a difficulty. We know putting the website together, but suffice to say that bond funds are a really good place to put your sort of three to ten year money. But you'll find them on the lowest risk category in Smart Investor. Um, yeah, it's okay. a bit complicated, yeah. eh? Um, yeah, but but um, if, I'm sure people can listen to this, listen to it over again, GC, on <laughs> if, if it's all too much to take in. No, no, that makes oh. sense totally. So that was uh, medium risk, and then yes. if you've decided that higher risk is right for you, what's your guidance? Yeah, then I'd say go into a share fund. 
which and note that a lot of the KiwiSaver funds are called growth funds. They they tend to be they still have some bonds etc in them. You know they can be anything from about half to two thirds or two thirds on up shares, but quite a lot of lower risk investments in as well. I would go with the aggressive funds, which are the ones that are pure shares and or property, because um, they're going to over the long run they're going to grow the most. And this is for your long-term money, your 10-year-plus money, and you just have to ignore the ups and downs. And in the long run, you'll make more money that way. Yeah. Yeah, and the last year or two will have given people a good sense of, of whether they can yeah. handle it, right? Um, That's right. If you've managed to um, to not panic and, and to see the bigger picture, that uh, there'll be dips yeah. as well as rises, then uh, then you're probably suited to it. And, and well, it'd be good practice if you're not. Yeah, and if you did panic in the last year, maybe you can learn not to because just hang about and the markets will grow back up again. They always, always do. And sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's quick. But um, one other point I just wanted to look at is, so we've got people, let's say, in retirement and they've got some of their money in the low risk, some in the medium and some in the high risk, depending on when they're going to spend it. And, of course, as the years go by, you you need to be transferring some down from high to medium and some from medium to low because a year's gone by, you know. So the recommendation there is to review the situation once a year. But if bonds and shares, bonds and or shares, have gone down and it's like at the moment, you think, oh, well, I don't really want to move money from a share fund at the moment into a lower risk one because the market's gone down. And that's why you've got 10 years to play with. So the idea is don't move it this year. Come back next year. And if the markets have gone up by then, if they're looking okay, move two years' worth. And if they're not, don't move it. Hang fast. And after three years, move three years' worth of money down into the low risk, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's the point of having 10 years to play with, that... There's never been a 10-year period where, where share markets have gone down and stayed down. They always recover. So you want to be moving the money when the markets have, are doing okay or well. Um, yeah, and you also don't necessarily want to be moving some from the top, the high risk, into the medium, and then some from the medium into the low, because all that means is you're buying some units in the medium risk fund when you move from from top risk and then selling some units in the medium risk fund when you're moving that money to low risk. And so that's silly. You've got some in the middle fund you've got you're buying some and you're selling some. So instead you just skip it and move the money from shares directly into into cash. Do, does that make sense? It does. And and yeah. one thing I I'm not sure if you mentioned earlier is is you can Break your um, your funds up into different risks. Um, if you think, for example, that you're going to need some of the money sooner and some of the some of the money later, right? Did we make That's that clear? Right. Yeah, I think I think um, Simplicity is the only KiwiSaver fund that doesn't provider that doesn't let you do that. Pretty much all of them let you be in more than one fund, mm. and so, but especially you know in retirement. Or, or if you're saving for a first home and you're not planning to spend all of the money on the first home, then you can leave some in high risk 
and just move the although that's unusual these days, I'd say most people need all their KiwiSaver money to buy that first home. Yeah. But um, yeah. But certainly in retirement you can you can be in more than one fund and that's a really good way to run your retirement money. So you've got the long term money sitting there. Um at sixty five or seventy you're quite likely to be living for another twenty years, so you want that longer term money to be somewhere where it'll go up and down and up and down, but in the long run it'll grow more. And in the meantime, avoid, and this is related, avoid thinking of that 65 years old as this sort of destination, this line at which point everything changes. Actually, a lot of stuff doesn't change. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's quite right. It's when you sort of start rearranging. But you want to start rearranging the money at actually 10 years before retirement so that you you know you're starting to think about setting up this, these three groups. Mm. So you've got some spending money at 65, but then the long term money's still sitting there in the in the higher growth funds. Great session, Mary. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Jesse. Mary Holm, and if you Hi. came in late or you'd like to hear that advice again a little bit more slowly in your own time, you can listen to Mary's sessions on demand. It's on our podcasts page, and of course on our rnz.co.nz/slash/jesse. Homepage.